0: Good morning. And welcome to New Books Network NBN African American Studies category. Today we have with us first-time author Kathy Wilson Florence and her novel is Jaybird's Song. Welcome Kathy. I'm glad to be
1: here. Thank you Angela. Thank you. Good morning.
0: And welcome to New Books Network, NBN African American Studies category. Today we have with us first time author, Kathy Wilson Florence, and her novel is Jaybird's Song. Welcome, Kathy. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for coming. So tell us a little bit about Jaybird's Song. I mean, I, I love the cover. It's bright yellow and there's a bird on the wire.
1: Yes. And I designed that myself, as a matter of fact. Um, The book is a, I would call it a coming of age story, Mm -hmm. uh, set in Atlanta. And it tells the story of a girl named Josie Flint. She's a um, a young girl. The the story is told in two parts. One, when she's in her preteen and teenage years in 1960s Atlanta. And then also 35 years later. Um, also in Atlanta she has a very strong grandmother figure in her life and at 35 years the, the, the uh, second part of the story is is told simultaneously and the chapters go back and forth but the second part of the story is told when her grandmother dies who was a very important part of her life
0: okay so we have strong female characters my first question to you is why go back and forth what does that
1: do to the story? Well, when I first started writing this book, I only had the 1960s chapter in the early story, or Josie's early story. But as I got to know her better, I became interested in how she might, as an adult, how she might be thinking of some of the things that she went through and experienced as a preteen and teenager. And I got more curious about what she'd be like as a woman, and so um about 2 years before I published which I which I published um in February of this year I started adding chapters um interspersed that would be her story to 35 years later and um it gave me a lot of neat opportunities for plot reveals uh and uh, kind of really challenged me to keep the storyline follow uh, to follow the storyline and um you know i like a challenge and it was you know it, it was my first, it's it's my first novel but it was um it, it just gave me a lot to to work with and i thought it was um you know gave me a lot of challenge and a lot of fun and it and it opened up something that i was really curious about and that was what josie was like as an adult
0: oh
1: awesome because
0: usually our adulthood comes from what we learn as a child now i was reading through the book mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i was on page 44 1965 <laughs> And I was struck by just a few words, and it was the Bible, the rogue, and the Ku Klux mm mm-hmm. Mhm and I thought, wow uh, tell us yeah. A little, yeah tell us a little about that
1: well josie 's story is um i 'd say primarily about her family the, her family and um, the relationships with her friends and some some very important um, and a, a very important part of the book where her father passes away. But behind all that, it is 1960s Atlanta. And I'm in mean, the scene that you're describing Josie and her friend, Laura Liz were in Laura Liz's attic, looking for something that they could um, use for a social studies project. And they found a Ku Klux Klan robe. And inside the Bible, they found a um, membership card for somebody that was in Laura Liz's family, a, 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 a great-grandfather or something and um, that scared them and they ran out of the um, attic and, and um, you know it, was, it was that 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 and other scenes similar to that just the unrest in Atlanta at that time are a backdrop to the story yeah this is um, it's
0: it says like the south is almost like a character in itself right so you are from Georgia um, and I it's- am and it's 1965. Oh. And most, most of the time when we think about historical, 1965 is not historical, yet it is, right? And so how did, I, I'm i interested to know what grabbed you and to think about someone who discovers that they have relations to the Ku Klux Klan?
1: Um, again, I just felt like it was, um, you know it uh, an untold story first of all Josie is the protagonist Josie is a little older than I am so um so perhaps my pers- personal memories were not direct at, you know in 1965 like hers were so it was all it's all a work of fiction but it was um you know something i i dreamed up and i certainly believe could be true that someone could find mm-hmm. such such a thing in 1965 and again 1965 There were a lot of things that happened in the in the the 60s that were um, important to the world. And a lot of those are also covered in this book, including the moon landing and um, um, Martin Luther King's assassination, Robert Kennedy's assassination. Uh, Things like that are all touched on. Not, you know, not in a I wouldn't necessarily say in a historical fiction kind of way. But definitely those are things that happened during the time that this um, fictional character was. Growing up, and they're all mentioned in the book and um, in some cases relate to the story um, more specifically. Exactly. That's what
0: makes the the story so great, because although it's fiction, it reads so real. You know, it has that realism piece to it, whereas someone could find this in an attic. And it would turn their whole life around as an adult to discover that this was part of your family history right? Because that's kind of a life thing yes. when we do ancestors. That's what I um and so much enjoyed about the book, that although, like you said, you made it all up, it's though these characters spoke to you, you know, and they had a story, a song to sing, should we say? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what's so important about strong female characters, um, Grandma and Josie, what does that do for today's woman? What do these characters do for today's woman?
1: Well, I, I'm just very interested in in stories with strong female characters, and I had a uh, and I had a lot have a lot of strong female characters in my life, including a grandmother that has yeah. passed away. And, and I have to, you know, admit a lot of the um, character of Annie Joe, yeah. who is the grandmother. Um, yeah. You know, it was patterned a lot by my own grandmother, who was right. just strong and creative and interesting and fun to be around and and the maypole that the rest of our family sent uh, spun around and, and that 's just what um, Annie Joe is to this story likewise the story of um, josie 's mother Beverly who is also a very strong character but my thinking but my um, my story with her is that Josie was so enamored with her grandmother and so enamored with her father as, as a young girl, that um, I think readers will suggest, will will notice that um, Josie probably didn't give her mother a lot of credit or time or thought until she was much older. And I think that's also a true theme in, for a lot of women, is that they, you don't truly, truly appreciate your mother until you're an adult yourself. And um, that's, um, in my mind, what happened with Josie in this book. And, um, and it was a bit intentional from my part, but it was also just kind of the way the story unfolded as, as I told it.
0: Right. That It makes perfect sense. It's a nice mother-daughter um, kind of um, working because you have children. I would presume you have daughters. I know I have two grown daughters. And um, I think about the same thing. And, I, and my mother is still alive, right? So, And all of that cycle with women, right? We don't come to appreciate the mother, just as you said, until we become mothers, until... You walk in their footsteps do you think exactly we, do you think we don 't have i mean this is two thousand and seventeen. Do you think that in the novel world we don 't have enough powerful female protagonists? Could we ever have enough i uh,
1: 'm um, not going to say we don 't have enough because there's so many books out there i 've never had the chance to read, but certainly I see that in um, movies a lot you know or at least um I was always annoyed as a young mother of the, um, a lot of Disney characters, the women are the meanies. And I didn't, mm. I didn't like that. Okay. Um, it's not always true, clearly. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't want, I wanted, um, you know, I wanted to create a, a, a character where, um, a, a family where, you know, th- there was a very solid family. And, and Josie had a great mother and a great father. But it, uh, as you read the story, you'll learn that maybe the mom, Kind of wins out in some ways um, because there's some um, the plot twist that that um, you know really sets her apart is showing her strength. Also, how did you find working with the very tough sexual scenes? The sexual scenes are, are you know, in my in my mind a little bit benign in terms of my terms of my writing because I touched right. on it. I said I said it, but I don't. It's certainly not a lot of graphicness to no, it, but it what what you are referring to, and what is true in this story, is that there's a theme of things that happen to young women and young men in that age of the in that at that time of their life. And I would imagine that anyone, you and I, and all readers, could relate to whether it's a weird hug after a babysitting job or something, whatever it is, you can relate to that. And there's a couple of incidences in this story. Uh, one with someone Josie's age, one that was um, certainly not a you know, what, what could have been a violent, wasn't violent, but it was a molestation. And then also a second, a third scene that happened to her daughter that she found out about that um, all in all cases they were um, things that You'd want, if you as a parent, you'd want to know what happened to your son or daughter. And in all cases, Josie or her daughter, in the the case of the third um, incident, didn't tell anyone. And I think that's really my message is why do, you know, and and maybe that has changed a bit over the years because there's so much more discussion of it. But when I was younger, um, there's just a feeling. Feeling of guilt, or I don't know whether I deserve that, or I don't know whether I'm at fault here. I'm, I don't know whether I'm going to get somebody in trouble. Any of those things were, are, I think, are very, very valid thoughts that young children, young adults, could have when something happens to them in terms of um, a, a um, just a affront a or or a true molestation that um, is wrong. And you, and as a, as a mother, I was always feared that. I always was, I was fearful that my children something could happen to my children. Like a few things happened to me, and I never told my parents. And I wonder to this day why I couldn't. And I think it's just as I was saying, it's there's a um, just a feeling of I'm not sure that I, if I deserve that, I'm not sure if I if I, I'm at fault here. What did I do wrong? Or you know, do I am I going to get somebody in trouble? And I, that's just a uh, just something that really bothers me. And I think that's that, that came out in this book a bit. Yeah, and,
0: and what's amazing is you say it's 1965. This happens. You're not sure if it still happens today, and that's the ironic thing about it. It does. You know these things as girls. As, yeah, it's still, and that's what's so great about this story. It's timeless. These things still do happen. They. I mean, we may be a little bit more on, oh, outspoken,
1: the young girls, but there's still so many. Right, so many I, stories. I think probably girls have been trained better than. You know, you might have been 40, 50 years ago to know what to look for and to and how to respond. But I'm not sure it's, it still changes how they uh yeah. that, that they can do it as easily as it, as they should be able to do it, exactly. that, that they sh- they can exactly. tell someone or to um, realize that they are not at fault here and that they do need to report this. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It makes sense. I love this Jay Bird song, The Coming to Age of Josie who discovers the family secret and once you discover a family secret, your whole world shatters, right? Everything you once knew changes um, and that's a wonderful thing. You deal with the hard things, Ku Klux Klan. um, You deal with that kind of sexual molestation that we face as teenagers, especially young girls, as teenagers, and they struggle with, right? Because we're always embarrassed of doing things. You give us the strong women, right, that every That every family needs, right? I can say, I always say, I probably shouldn't say it anymore, but I keep saying that women are their dominant species. So, um, (laughs) I try not to say it, but now I've just said it again publicly. (laughs) So, um, but, uh, but it is, I'm I'm pretty sure our viewers will agree with me. Our listeners will say, yeah, she's right. They are. Um, And you do a lot of that in this book, which is great. I have this one question because, um, Jay Berg's song deals with the South, and normally when we think of the South, well, I mean, when I think of the South, um, I and I think of um, and I think of historical things. You know, I do think of Jim Crow. I do think of civil rights. Um, I do think of Ku Klux Klan. How does your book, specifically in that sense, speak to um, African American studies category?
1: So, Oh, I'm not sh- sure that it truly does, Angela, but, um, but serving as a backdrop to a good story is, um, you know, is, 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 was really my intent. And, um, in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, shedding any light on the subject, yeah. I'm not sure that it does, but definitely, um, it was there, it was true, it was, yeah. um, uncomfortable, um, you know, perhaps remains that way, but certainly a different kind of uncomfortable at that time. And I think that's what my story, Josie's story is about, is that um, those things, again, this book was written in first person. So um, the point of view was strictly her. And when she sees these things at 12 or 13, the perspective is only from her. And um, I think that the readers will see that she has a sense of uncomfortableness. She's not she knows she sees things and she knows they're not right, um, but perhaps too naive or too young or too immature to necessarily act on them. But mm. just just as you get to know the character, I think you you realize where she where her um, where her uncomfortableness starts, starts and ends. Yeah. And again, it's it's a backdrop um, and it's not the themes are not necessarily at the front of her story. Right. But I think readers will sense where she feels there there's an uncomfortableness or a wrongness um and then there are several you know there's actual actual some actual some actual scenes that are historic in terms of um the race riots that happened in summer yeah. hill i believe it's summer hill mm-hmm. and um and some other and some other specific um things and then some of it's fictionalized completely nice. exactly so it fits although it feels like it
0: doesn't fit it has that way that it could um that it fits. I always, because sometimes I teach literature and sometimes I'm always looking at a different angle of something that's unexpected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and you're, and Jay Bird's song does that in a sense, you know, it grabs the historical 1965. It captures, um, in different spaces, um, the angst that we feel of 1965. And that's one thing is race, but yet this is so much family and so personal Right, which is sometimes yes. what we want, what we really deal with is that gender studies. So, um, is there else? The no, no, I
1: was going to say what uh, the
0: other like thing to
1: about that, Angela. Is, well, the other thing that I think that readers are responding to are a lot of the things that were popular in the 60s that yes. um, that they had forgotten about. And that would not necessarily relate to any things we've talked about so far, but just things that I happen to have really strong memories of, whether it's yeah. Petticoat Junction or Dippity do or it just, just silly things like that. But, but the readers are really responding to it because there's a lot of things that they, they're telling me I would have never, ever remembered those crazy pink curlers or whatever it is um, had I not read your book. And it brought back yeah. such great memories of that time. I agree. We all love nostalgia. you do. I, I remember We exactly. <laughs> do. Exactly.
0: And, and the pink curlers, we put the little papers on them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we love nostalgia. We love nostalgia. Is there anything you'd like to
1: add um, before we say goodbye to each other? Well, I enjoyed having, having you having me. I appreciate that very much, um, uh, I, well, you had asked me in our um, email conversation about what inspired me. And I will tell you that that's one of my favorite scenes in the book was, um, there was a, there's a true story about my mother, um, when I was probably 12 and I was riding in the back seat of her car with my friend and we had dropped off my sister at, um, dance lessons and she was driving. Um, I heard a big crash at back and something had fallen off the back of our car it was the muffler or the tailpipe. I don't know. And I jumped up, saw it fall, screamed to my mother, mom, something just fell off the car. And she kept on driving, turned her head back and looked at the, at what had fallen off. And she said, oh yes, well, we don't need that part. And she kept on going. And it was such a moment for me to have a, to understand just all that a mom juggles and you, you do what you can and then you have to let go of what you can't do. And that that story always resonated with me and I'll never forget it. And that was my very first, I I fictionalized that scene and that was the very first chapter I ever wrote in this book. And it appears early in it, but um, I think that's really kind of the start of why I uh, wanted to include strong women in this, in this story.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. um, There's an author who says everything that's fiction comes from the, comes from autobiographical life. So what's the difference? I always, I love that, uh, quote. And when you say that, it's like it's, it is all fiction, but you have that one little piece that comes from life that makes it inspired. We have Kathy Wilson Florence, author of J. Bird's song, a novel about coming to age in the South in the 1960s. Thank you, Kathy, and have a great day.
1: Likewise, Angela. Thank you so much for having me.